Welcome to Catch the Fire's Family Life Podcast. We are a family that encounters God's transforming presence and extends the kingdom. Each week we get into what God is doing among us, what he is saying through his word, and why we should be excited about where he's leading us. For more information about Catch the Fire and giving to support this ministry, check out our website and our church suite app. Hello, welcome to Family Life Podcast, episode something or other. I actually have no idea what number episode this is. I'm going to guess it's something in the mid-20s, maybe. Uh, maybe late 20s, I don't know. Uh, but you are very welcome, and I hope uh, that if you're listening to this, um, I hope that you consider yourself part of Catch Fire London family. Uh, one of the reasons we do this is uh, because we're all just so spread out all over the place. We are not uh, like my former, one of my former churches in Chorleywood, where uh, you would drive down the road and sort of wave at other parishioners, you know, as they drop their kids off at school or bump into them in budgeons on Chorleywood High Street, you know, and all those kind of things. Um, it is uh, it's a kind of church where we live in a city of, you know, sort of upwards of 8 million people. And so um, just trying to build some connection is, is one of our goals. So I hope that you're, you're um, feeling more and more part of the family and checking out things that we've got going on at the moment, like uh, the family times after church uh, on the first and third, and the newcomers, shared lunches, the hubs, uh, Ignite groups, um, all of our amazing teams, uh, the prophetic ministry and the healing ministry and, uh, the uh, setup teams and the set down teams and hospitality and all of that there's so many different ways in which you can get involved and I just really hope that um, you're feeling like this is your church and um, you know I, I always think of a time when I was uh, when I was a student and I was at Vineyard Church and uh, in um, Nottingham and I felt like I remember so clearly the first time that I felt that the church was my church was the Sunday when I uh, sort of joined the welcome team or something and I was standing at the door just, you know, giving a leaflet. Welcome, hello, here's a, here's a thing. And I just felt like, oh, this is my church now. This is, this is who I belong to. Um, and I'm not just a, a guy kind of showing up and, and absorbing and then kind of nodding and smiling at a few people and then going home and getting in my car or getting on the train or whatever. I felt like it was my church. So if you're not involved in Catch Fire London, if you're not an Ignite group, talk to us about joining one, get on the online group, get visiting some groups, start a group. If, you, if you're not in a team, um, just the amount of banter that we have and you know that getting to know people as you're lugging equipment around or filling up a coffee pot or whatever, it's, it's, it's actually really the closest thing to family outside of your your uh, family of origin that, that, that I think you can have. And um, boy, we all need family, don't we? Um, so yeah, that's my little uh, introductionary rant out the way. Um, it's been an awesome couple of weeks uh, in the in the church's life, and um, we. I'm just recording this, just just myself, just Alistair today, um, and I'm recording this a few days after we had the courageous women's conference. Um, and, uh, and and an awesome Sunday morning uh, with just a, a brilliant worship by by Zach and um, uh, and the team and um, Lara and then an amazing message by Tom and then all that wind which meant you know these fifty mile an hour winds which meant we had to cancel the evening service so it's, it's kind of been 
it's been an interesting few few uh, few days. And leading up to the Courageous Conference, um, I had been doing some writing on, on the book that I was working on, and I'd been writing about the river. And you know the uh, the river is seen by Ezekiel um, in the Old Testament, and then it's seen by John, and then by uh, the the explanations that Jesus was giving about the, the living water. And I've been doing some some scribbling about this last week, and then at Courageous on the first night, uh, which I was at as a team helper and sort of <laughs> trying to sort of stay out of the way, um, except for one particular moment where Ken Gott said something amazing, and I went, "Come on!" And then like this sort of whole host of female eyes just turned to me and I was like I'm sorry I shouldn't have said anything please don't look at me like that <laughs> I uh I the next session I hid at the back bravely um but Ken Gott was was preaching and he 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 said he was going to talk about the river and then he he just he essentially just went through everything that I'd been writing about the week before which is amazing and he was talking about Ezekiel 47 and you know how Ezekiel the prophet saw the river flowing out of the temple and and he said this amazing thing of Ezekiel only he didn't have the full revelation yet because he had an old covenant mindset so he didn't see what John saw in Revelation 22 about the river flowing from the lamb throwing from the throne throwing from Jesus and coming out and going to the nations um, and it was amazing revelation and then Tom preached about the river and being caught in the river and flowing in the river um, on Sunday morning and so I've just kind of got the river got the river it's it's just it's in my mind um, and what tom said that one of my real take homes and I, I wanted to sort of build on this um was he said you know a lot of us are trying to sort of find out where god wants us to go he's we, we're trying to find out where the um where the, the guidance the direction of our life should be going and if we just got in the river and let the current take us we would find where we're meant to go because the river would take us there and once we take our feet off the bank and what we once we let the current take us and the and the river will, will work its way around obstacles it will it will navigate the terrain and it will go side to side but it will it will take you somewhere and i just thought oh that's that's really interesting like of course we know that of course you know that but you know tom in his very unique um something can't be very unique it's either unique or not tom in his unique way of teaching had himself kind of uh, crowd surfing off the stage and having a bunch of guys kind of carry him around and, and just to sort of highlight how um, how little you have to say about the direction you go in when you're in the river. And what I was just thinking was it it's almost very opposite preaching that to the cultural expectation that we often have that you need multiple people to get you moving and to kind of almost force you or lead you directly by the hand to your calling now that's a i'm thinking out loud here so let me back up and explain that a little bit more a question that we ask often in the church that we've historically asked is who's pastoring you now i, I like this question and it also frustrates me um, I like the question because what it's asking is who's on your journey, who's with you, who's um, pouring into you, who's who are you accountable to, who's discipling you, who um, whose yoke almost you know like uh, the teaching, who's teaching you coming under, who who is um, holding your hand and who's a couple of steps in front of you and providing you with someone to follow. 
And that's a really good thing. And, and we all need our leaders to fulfill all of those functions. The reason I don't like the question uh, sometimes is because of the responses that it yields. So I remember one time uh, sat with, I was standing with Stu and um, it was the end of the service and we were talking to somebody and I just happened to be in the vicinity and um, I heard him say to someone, oh, oh, you've got an issue or you're not sure like what to do with your decision making right now. Who's pastoring you? And the person said, oh, uh, uh, no one, no one's pastoring me. And I kind of, I just couldn't help myself. And maybe this is just like, maybe I, I just need to go and do some inner healing on this. But I just, I felt compelled to sidle up next to them and say, oh, that's, that's interesting you said that because I know that you, you spoke to uh, Tom two or three times in the last sort of five or six weeks. And I know you had that meeting with one of our team leaders. Uh, and actually I know that um, one person in particular has been uh, in contact with you almost weekly about different life issues. Um, so I think actually you are getting a lot of support. What, just, you know, and probably what I'm, I'm now trying to wreck on history. I didn't ask them, what do you mean by you're not being pastored? But in my heart, I was thinking, what do you mean if you're saying you're not being pastored? What are you expecting? And I think the thing that it, it brings up is this, uh, this feeling that if someone says, you know, like, who's leading you? Who's discipling you? Who's pastoring you? We sort of come up with this mindset of it needs to look like a certain thing. It needs to, whatever the person is asking me, whatever I'm getting, it's not what they're asking about. So I'm going to discount what I'm getting and say, oh, I don't think anyone's pastoring me. I've got people who are pouring into me or leading me, but no one's pastoring me. And so then, you know, all of our sort of emergency, oh my word, how is this person not being looked after? And, you know, we start throwing all this, you know, the machine words interaction. And I think actually the, the thing that I end up walking away from thinking is actually there's a, there's a lot of support available and there's a lot of help that people can draw from. But what we often do when it comes to guidance and leadership and trying to find our direction is we, uh, we, we often look to something that we're not getting yet and make that the reason why we're not moving forward. Well, I'm not getting a type of pastoring or fathering or discipling, so that's why I'm not moving on. Now, the, let me just tie all these pieces together. What Tom said about being in the river and let the river carry you to where you're going, for me, that is the best description, the best visual description I've had in a little while of what being led by the Spirit of God and the person of Jesus looks like and what it is that you need to allow your life to uh, show evidence of for you to have the leading you need. So I'm going to pursue the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and the person of Jesus and as I do that whether I realize it or not I'm going from ankle to knee to waist to fully submerged deep into the river of God the more I pursue him the more submerged in the river I get and the more submerged in the river I get the more led in the direction I need to go I find myself so when we ask about who's pastoring you who's leading you well we as leaders know what we mean but often well i think we know what we mean but often the way it's translated when it comes out of the mouth and come you know travels through the airways and gets in someone's ear is who's your personal life coach who's fixing you on a regular basis 
who are you running every decision by? Who's checking up on you two or three times a week? And it's like, no, that's not, that's not what we mean. I mean, you can get a personal life coach if you want. There are life coaches in our church who are amazing, but we're not asking and expecting everybody in the church to have a personal spiritual life coach like their own personal rabbi, because we've already got one, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one who, who we are being pastored by. So when we ask like, who's, who's supporting you, who's, who's, who's covering you, who's alongside you, who's helping you with your guidance, then I'm thinking, who's leading you to the river? Who's reminding you that the river even exists? Who's helping you step in? Who's reminding you to get back in when you're standing on you know, the bank and you're cold and you're shivering because for some reason you got out? Who's modeling swimming to you? I remember I had a, a teacher um, at my old primary school who would get me out of the pool, have me lie on the stone sort of uh, side bank bit, and she would work my legs like, a, like they were garden shears. So I would do the, the breaststroke legs. And she would like, she would do it until my, you know, my muscle memory got used to doing the movement. And then she'd, I'm, I'm waving my arms around here right now. You can't really see that, but I'm, Imagine just grabbing someone's ankles and working them like shears so that they did the breaststroke legs. She'd, you know, say, right, 10 more minutes of that and then you get back in the water. You know, who's, who's modeling swimming, swimming to you? Who's helping you stick your head under the water for the first time? Like when I, when I used to teach kids, um, I remember there's this one little boy called Jay who just would not put his head under the water. He was, he was a year three boy and um, the, the swimming coach was saying, you know, come, come towards come towards the side, swim towards the side. And he had to just duck his head under, under one of the little ropes that they have across the water. And, and he just wouldn't do it. He was terrified and he was standing up, but he just wouldn't put his head under the water. Who is it who's, who is in your life who's modeling it safe to put your head under the water? Who's taking you into deeper waters and, and teaching you it's okay to trust God even if you can't feel the bottom? These are the people, and you know what? I need multiple people who have got multiple skill sets. I don't need just one person. I need Tom's fathering. I need Stu's incredible spiritual wisdom and diagnostic mind. I need close, tenacious pursuit of the spirit. I need Kate's wonderful joy and laughter. I need Ivan and Leandri's spiritual common sense. I need David and Sandy Dick's uh, parental uh, mother and father, grandparental love. I need Rob Kate's prophetic insight. I need my wife's intercession. I, I need people who are all submerging in the river to pull me nearer. Because at the end of the day, it's an invitation to Jesus and an immersion in Jesus that will take me where I need to go. And the more you go into Jesus, the more I think we realize that getting where we need to go actually is a secondary issue. Being with him and being surrounded by him and captivated by him is in fact the best destination. And whether it leads me into a calling of ministry or whether it leads me into just uh, having a, a small part in God's plan that nobody ever knows of, that, that I have no Instagram followers, and nobody buys my book and whatever, but if if, it, if being submerged in Jesus leads me to being so captivated by him that I either end up in the glorious destiny or I just end up completely obscure but so in love with Jesus and known by him, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm covered either way. I'm in a good place either way.
I'm going to finish this with this. Um, there's a series called The Chosen at the moment that is, uh, it's on, you can watch the first episode on YouTube and then you download an app and it's amazing. Like it's, 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 a, it's a studio, um, it's a, a film company that wanted to portray the life of Jesus and his disciples and kind of just sort of imagine what if, what, what, what would it have been like to be called by Jesus? Um, and so Jesus is, is you know, a, a very big character in it but also there's moments where he he just disappears and you know you've got peter talking to his wife about i just met this preacher and i'm gonna follow him and you know just uh kind of these amazing what if moments and um uh abby and i were watching it and and there's this beautiful moment where we have the calling of matthew um the tax collector and and the series builds up matthew as a bit of a character um and so you've you've seen him for two or three episodes even before jesus has called him and he's intrigued he knows of jesus but he's he's not given up anything and there, there comes the scene that we know from the gospel where where jesus walks past the tax collector's booth and you see him pause and he turns around and he says matthew matthew son of alpheus and then the way that he says the following words just got me like right in the gut he turns to him and looks at him and goes follow me and Matthew's like, well, what, me? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you, follow me. And it's, I don't know why the, the, the tone or the intonation of that made such, a, such an impact for me, but it was just like, it was a no-brainer. Like, why are you not following me? You, you know you want to follow me, so follow me. And it was, and, and he just packs up, he leaves, he, he, you know, gives the key to the Roman centurion guarding his tax booth, and he's gone. Um, and there's just this beautiful invitation into the river that we all have. And so I just want to give you um, that takeaway that as you are thinking about your calling, your guidance, the next step of your life, the next season of your life, the next um, decision you have to make, the next what if, the next prophetic word that you were given that you know needs to be partnered with, uh, but you don't know whether to go left or right or up or down. It's an invitation into Jesus that is going to be the solution. The pastoring, the leading, the discipling, the coaching, all of those things are huge, but they all need to be leading you to Jesus, who is your pastor, who is your shepherd. So three points to finish with. Number one, get help. <laughs> get people around you, not just one person. Get people around you who are going to lead you to the river. Point number two, Tom's sermon. If you haven't looked at it yet, go on YouTube. Uh, I have no idea what it's called, but it's from... <laughs> last Sunday like that helps um, from the second Sunday in February I think let the river lead you get in the river and that will be the thing that leads you and point number three know that the river comes from him and is him it's Jesus he's the one who put the river out there in Ezekiel 47 that the prophet saw he's the one who the river flows from in Revelation 22 he's the one who gives the living water that Jesus shares to the, the to the Samaritan woman at the at the well this is the living water and he's the one in John 7 who says when you have me inside you living water will actually flow from you to others and that's pretty awesome so Father, I ask right now that you would bless every single person who's listened to this, listened to me verbally process, but listen to the words of life that come from you. You are the river. You are the one that we need to go ankle, knee, waist, and fully 
submerged into the depths of who you are and Lord when we do that you will lead us to where we need to go but you will also God show just how much of a secondary issue that is when we just get to be around the author of life so I ask Lord for an impartation right now of the revelation of just how beautiful the lamb the line of Judah the king of kings the suffering servant is such that we would go head first jump off the pier into the river and be led by you and i pray this in jesus name amen